Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah 30, 17. If you don't have your Bible, it's up on the big screen. Appreciate everybody being here, those that's watching on Facebook and through television. All right, Jeremiah 30, 17. Look right here. It says, For I will restore health unto you. I will heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. <coughs> because they called thee an outcast, saying that this is Zion of whom no man seeks after. Now look at Jeremiah 33, 6. He says, Behold, I will bring it health and cure. I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of what? Peace and truth. Now, if you've been here long enough, I've told you what that word peace means. That it's not just a happy feeling. It's way more than that. When God says, I give you peace, that word peace is shalom. And that word shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. How many says, I want that kind of peace? Nothing missing, nothing broken. So I gave you these two verses today to show you that God is the restorer. This word here that you see for health or restore is the same word. And in the Hebrew, it is aruka, which means healing, restoration, to bring health, to bring recovery, to repair, to be perfected, or to be made whole. God says, I'm in the business of restoring you. How many can say amen? Now, how many in here? <clears throat> now, I don't need you to raise your hand because I already know that some of you in here today, we need restoration. Amen. Every one of us, we can look at areas in our life and we can say, hey, this area right here, I need some restoration. I need some recovery. But for me to do that today, for God to restore, I have to show you who it is that is took from you. I have to show you today who took it from you and how he took it from you. Now, that's real quiet in here, so I know that you're really listening, and that's good. I want you to listen to this today. Because let me make this clear one more time. God does not want to take from you. He wants to restore to you. Somebody say amen. He wants to recover what has been stolen from you. He says, I want to heal you. I want to make you new. I want to make you whole. And I want you to recover all that you had lost. Now look at John 10.10. 10. This is the main scripture I want to deal with today. Now, I told you, everybody is very familiar with this verse, right? And I know that you probably think you know all that you can know about this verse. And probably everybody in here can quote this verse word for word. But let's read it. It says, the thief comes not but to what? Steal and to do what? To kill and to do what? Destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, how many is very familiar with this verse? How many has heard it all your life? 
all your life. But I'm going to show you something today about this verse that you did not know. And when you know it, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> when you know it, it's going to click and it's going to open your eyes and you're going to get the advantage over the enemy. Now, I told you that God wants to restore you, but for that to happen, you got to know who took from you and how he took it. Are you ready? Somebody say amen. All right. Jesus, now who is he speaking of? Who is the thief? Who is the one that steals, that kills, and destroys? We need to find that out, right? So I told you, one of the questions I've got to answer today is who is it? Who's making you sick? Who's trying to take your money? Who's trying to rob you of your peace? <clears throat> Who's trying to wreck you emotionally? We got to find this out, right? Let's look at 1 Peter 5.8. Look at what Peter says. He says, be sober, be alert, because your adversary whom? The devil. Somebody say that with me, the devil. As a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, that's just one part. We know that in Job, who took everything that Job had? Satan. All right, so when you put all these things together, now go back to John 10, 10 for me, Dave. When you put all these things together, it's real clear who Jesus is talking about, right? He's saying unto you, we can exchange this. The devil comes but for these three things, to steal from you, to kill and to destroy. Amen. So now question number one is answered. Who is stealing from you? Who has taken from you? Who has robbed you? Satan. Now, we can't stop there. Now, it says the word thief. Now, I'm going to break down each part of this verse. I'm going to dissect this verse I'm going to break it all down for you, and you're going to know what every word means by the end of this message, okay? Now, let's look at the first word, thief. What did Jesus mean when he called the, the devil a thief? The word thief here in the Greek is kleptus, kleptus, which means a bandit, a thief, a scam artist. How many know some scam artists? Come on, all you got to do is scroll through, scroll through Facebook. These ads that you see, most of them are scams, right? He's a scam artist. This is where we get the word, now watch this, kleptomaniac. How many has ever heard that? What is a kleptomaniac? I'm so glad you asked me. A kleptomaniac means a persistent neurotic impulse to steal. He, in other words, Jesus said, let me tell you who Satan is. Satan is an impulsive robber. He can't help himself. He has to steal. Are y'all with me this morning? It is his impulse. It is persistent in him. He can't help himself. If he sees something, he wants it, and he has to take it. This is the kind of enemy that you're dealing with. Now... What does the word steal mean? So he says, the kleptomaniac comes forth but to what? Steal. This word in the Greek is not kleptos, but klepto. You say, what's the difference? 
The word klepto means one that is so artful in the way of, of how he steals. Watch this. That his actions of thievery is rarely detectable. You say, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you that it's not like <clears throat> that Satan comes with a big neon sign that says, I'm going to take your health, I'm going to take your children, I'm going to take your marriage. No, no, no. The Bible says he is very artful and skillful in how he takes from you that it is rarely detectable. It's almost undetectable. This is how he steals. All right, watch this. He, this word also means pickpocketer. How many knows what that is? How many has ever seen them people that can literally walk down the street and bump into you? And, oh, excuse me, you, you get 20 feet down the street, my wallet's gone. My phone's gone. See, they stole from you and you didn't even know that they had stolen are you hearing me today? See, this is how Satan steals. It, it's not right open in your face. That's what I want you to see this morning. Jesus is telling us something. I've heard people say, well, you know, you shouldn't talk about the enemy. You, shouldn't even, you should act like he's not there and all this other stuff. Go ahead and do that and see what happens. He's going to rob you of your health. He's going to rob you of your marriage. He's going to rob you of your finances. Go ahead and try to act like he doesn't exist. Let me tell you something. You need to know the enemy. You need to study the enemy. You need to know how he operates and his tactics. And this is what Jesus is doing. Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to know how Satan operates. He is a compulsive robber. He is a pickpocketer. The way he steals from you is very subtle and stealth-like. You don't even hardly recognize it. How many can say that I just woke up one day and realized that something had been stolen from me and I didn't even know it? He was taking my health and I didn't even recognize it. He was taking my marriage and I didn't even recognize it. He was taking my kids and I didn't see it. See, this is how he operates. That's why Peter says, be aware. You've got to purposely focus. Come on, somebody. You've got to purposely be on guard. You can't go about life casually. Amen. You can't do it. Because, see, he's a pickpocketer. He's not, he's not going to shout at you, I'm getting ready to take your house. No, before you know it, he's done took over the guest bedroom. Somebody say amen. Now watch this. Okay. So Jesus said the devil cannot help himself. He has to take something. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. He could not settle for what he had. I want you to see this. He wanted what God had. He wanted the adoration of the angels. Come on. He wanted the throne of God. So you know what he did? He tried to take it. And that's what got him kicked out of heaven, right? All right, let's go to the garden. 
He's seen what Adam and Eve had. They had the dominion, the power. They had all this that, the, that God had offered them. And you know what Satan said? I want that. Did he need these things? No. See, this is what a kleptomaniac is. It's not that they need these things. See, if you have a good marriage in here, he wants your marriage. If you have a lot of money, if you're blessed financially, he wants your money. If you have good health, he wants your health. Now, let me make something clear. Does he need your money? No. Does he need your health? No. Does he need your marriage? No. Does he need your kids? No. But see, that's what a kleptomaniac is. They just have to steal something. Is everybody, their eyes getting open now? I've heard people say, well, Satan wants this. He's got to have this. He's got, he don't have to have it. He just wants it. Just because it's yours. So if you're living your life in here today as if whatever you have, you can't lose it, you're going to be very disappointed because there is a thief out there that is looking for a way to pickpocket you. Somebody say amen. Now, I'm not saying these things today to scare you. No, no, no. God told you what to do. He said, you stay alert. You stay focused. Amen? And he said, give no place to the enemy. That doesn't mean you don't talk about him. That doesn't mean like you act like he doesn't exist. That's not what that means. That word place in the Greek means a seat. A seat of authority. Amen? How many knows that we are seated in heavenly places right now with Christ? What does that mean? That simply means that we have a place of authority in the heavenlies. So Paul said, don't give the enemy a place of authority in your life. Now, let's look at the word kill. All right, so the kleptomaniac <laughs> comes forth to do nothing but try to steal from you in such a way that it's undetectable. Now he comes to what? Kill. Now for years, watch this. <coughs> For years, we thought that the word killed mean what? Murder, right? Shed innocent blood. And that's what we've preached for years. But I told you, just because you think you know this verse, don't think you, you know it. Because this word kill here is not what that means. You say, what? This word for, the, for kill in the Greek is thuo, which means, watch this. It is a term that the Jews and Greeks used all the time. Do you know what they used it for? Sacrifice. If the Jews and Greece, the Greeks were going to make a sacrificial sacrifice, right, and some kind of offering, they would use this word thuo. You say, okay, watch this. Thuo means to sacrifice, a religious sacrifice, to surrender or to give up something that is precious and dear. All right, so Jesus said, Satan comes to try to kill. Not murder, not shed innocent blood. Now, we know he does those things, but that's not his main goal. His main goal is to get you to sacrifice, to offer up. You say, what in the world does this have to do 
with the thief. Let me show you. So this was a religious sacrifice term, right? Let me show you how this plays together. The devil disguises himself to make himself sound very religious. You say, what do you mean? Watch. What did he do with Jesus? He goes into the wilderness to tempt Jesus. Now, why does he tempt him? He tempts Jesus to give up on what's, what Jesus is trying to accomplish. Everybody with me? What was Jesus trying to accomplish? To bring heaven to earth, right? To become a king. And what did Satan do? Now, notice what he did. He did not use the things of the world. He tried to sound very religious. Did he not? I mean, he remembers the temptations. What was, what was Satan doing, doing time and time again? He was quoting scripture, right? But watch this. Jesus was so knowledgeable of the word that he was able to detect how Satan was twisting the word. He wasn't telling the full story. See, that's all deception is, ladies and gentlemen. Are y'all listening to me? That's all it is. Deception is a partial truth. If I give, if I give you a statement, it's got to have a little bit of truth. But there's always a twisting of the truth. And that's what deception is. And that's what Satan was doing. As he, was getting, he was giving Jesus a little bit of truth, but he was twisting it. Now, all right, so what about the sacrifice? Watch this. He will speak to you religiously, and he will try to make himself sound like God. Oh, come on now. I've seen people walk away from the ministry. I've seen people walk away from their assignment. And let me tell you what they walk away from. They don't walk away from something with a statement that is totally ungodly. No, no, no. They walk away with something that sounds like God. Sounds like something religious. This is what this word means. Watch this. He'll say something to you like this. If God really wanted you to have this, how many is believing God for something? Watch this. If God really wanted you to have this, it would have happened by now. You just need to lay this down. What I tell you this word meant? The word kill means to lay down something precious. What you are believing God for, the promises you believe in Him for, they are precious. And what He wants to do is he wants to hit you, bombard you in such a way that you will lay it down, that you will sacrifice this, lay it down, and walk away from it. There's no use in trying to do this. It's never. How many has ever looked at a situation and just look and say it's hopeless? Come on. That's what that word kill means. He wants you to look at these things and say it's too far gone. It's hopeless. There's no turning this around. You might as well give up. Like I said, this is the, one of the famous statements. If God really wanted you to have it, you would have had it by now. And so what do people do? 
They lay it down. And they walk away from it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one way that I know of to receive the promises from God. Are you ready? Don't give up. If you give up and walk away, I've never seen a promise yet come to pass where somebody gave up and walked away from it. Somebody needs to say amen. I've never seen it yet. And this is what that word kill means. He wants you to sacrifice it. Those dreams, those visions you had, he wants you to give up on it and say there's no use. Woo! That opens it up, doesn't he? So watch this. Stand in faith. Stand in faith. I come to tell you this morning, don't give up on your promises. Don't give up on your dreams, but stand in faith. Amen? Now, let's look at the last word, destroy. The kleptomaniac comes to do nothing but to steal, pickpocket from you, to get you to sacrifice your promises and walk away from them, and to destroy. The word destroy here is apolemai, which means to run, to waste, or excuse me, to ruin, to waste, to trash, to devastate or destroy. Any area of your life that is shiny, like I said earlier, any area of your life that you can look at and say, hey, this is good. God has blessed me. Look how wonderful this is. It is shiny. You understand? And anything that's shiny, Satan wants to trash it. That's what this word means. To take something that is nice, that is lovely, and ruin it. Destroy it. Obliterate it. <clears throat> now, watch this. This word destroy comes from the root word, which means to loosen. Now, this word loosen was used in another passage. When John said, the one who comes after me, John the Baptist, he said, the one who comes after me, I am not worthy to loosen his sandal. You remember reading that? So that word loosen means to unravel, to fall apart. Now, if you look at your shoe today, if any of you in here have shoes in here this morning that have laces, if you loosen the laces, if they unravel, right, they're no longer tied, what happens to your shoe? It loosens and falls off. So watch this. Jesus said, Satan wants to loosen the things that God has given you from you. He wants to unravel you in such a way that all these blessings, all these good things that you have, just fall off of you. That's what that word destroy means. He wants to trash your life. He wants to ruin you. Is everybody getting the picture today? He wants to devastate you. So in other words, when he's done with you, he wants it to be in such a manner that you are devastated and there is no way that you can recover. How many has ever felt like your life sometimes has been unraveled? That's what that word loosen means. Like it's, it's falling apart. 
Everything around me is falling apart. It's falling off of me. I can't seem to hold on to it. It's, it's going out of my hands. That's what that word destroy means. Now, I have with me today the RIV version, which is the Renner's interpretive version. And I want you to read what he says. This is a guy who can read ancient Greek. This is what he says about John 10.10. 10. This is the part about Satan. Now, I want you to read this today. It says, the thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear. And that's not all. When he's finished stealing all of your goods and possessions, he'll take his plan to rob you blind to the next level. He'll create conditions and situations so horrible that you will see no way to solve the problem except to sacrifice everything that remains from his previous attacks. Is all this clicking now? Do you feel like there are times in your life that these things are happening? They're happening for a reason. Satan is trying to do his three-point objective in your life. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's wanting you to let go on the words that God promised you because things are looking so bad, you've had to wait so long on your promises that you sacrifice them and let go of them. Keep going, Dave. The goal of this thief is to totally waste and devastate your life. If nothing stops him, he'll leave you insolvent, flat broke, and cleaned out in every area of your life. you end up feeling as if you are finished and out of business. Make no mistake, the enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. Pretty simple, isn't it? This is what Jesus said. The title of this message today is, What is Life? What is life all about? Now, we're going to go to the answer. So I've told you everything that the enemy will do. I've told you who has been stealing from you and how he's been doing it. This is why you can't play church. Now, I'm not saying that in a religious statement, as a holy roller or whatever you want to call it. That's not how I'm saying this. I'm telling you that every one of you in here, you have things that you see as precious in your life. You have good things that God has given you. You have great blessings that God has given you. And I'm telling you right now, the reason why you can't play church is because the enemy is looking for every opportunity to take all that you have. And if you're in here this morning and you think, oh, it can't happen to me, you're going to be the one he takes it from. Now, I'm not telling you in here this morning Notice what that version said. It said, if he's left to be able to do these things, he'll do it. 
The question is, are you going to let him? Because, see, if you've been here long enough, I've told you that you have power and authority. You do not have to sit here or stand here with your hands in your pocket saying, well, this is falling apart, that's falling apart, I'm losing this, I'm losing that, but there's nothing I can do about it. That is not the gospel. Somebody say amen. God said, I have given you all power over the enemy. So wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I have all power over him to stop him from stealing from me? To stop him from killing? To stop him from destroying my life? Somebody say, yes, I do. Amen. I have that power. Now, now we're going to look at the answer. What's the solution to all this? Many think that Jesus was a carpenter, right? Right? That's what we've said for years. Jesus was a carpenter. Because the King James says that he was a carpenter's son. But that is a bad translation. A better translation would be that he was a craftsman. And it, he was a specific kind of craftsman. Now, it could have been working with wood stone or whatever it wasn't just with wood but he was a craftsman that was designed watch this to go that somebody would hire to fix something that was ruined or broken that needed repaired and restored and made new is that not what he does see right now God is looking for places in your life that are broken He's looking for areas in your life that need repaired. See, we think that God needs something shiny to start off with. No, 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 no. That's not what he's about. He said, I will restore you. I will repair you. I will take the things in your life that look beyond repair and I will fix them. Can somebody say amen? There are testimonies in here today of people that Certain areas of your life looked absolutely hopeless, but God restored it. That's what that word carpenter really means. He was brought in to fix things. All right, so watch this. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more bunny. Let's look at the King James Version real quick. He said... The kleptomaniac comes to steal you blind, almost undetectable. He comes to get you to sacrifice and lay down everything that God promised you. And he comes to ruin and devastate your life, to unravel you to such a degree that you will never recover. He said, but I have come. Somebody say, he's come. He's come to give us what? Life. And life more abundantly. Now let me stop right here before I go any further. If anybody teaches you that this life that Jesus is talking about is just eternal life when we get to heaven. They do not know the gospel. And you can, say, you can tell them I said that. They do not know the gospel. See for too long people have preached that Jesus came and he died for our sins, but he died to give us a life one day after we die. But while we are here, we've got to be sick, broke, miserable, and disgusted. 
And let me tell you something right now. That is a lie from Satan's headquarters itself. And I'm going to prove it to you today. Now, this word for life here in the Greek is zoe. Has anybody ever heard that word? Zoe life? So Jesus said, I have come to give you zoe life. And he doesn't say life more abundantly in the Greek. He says, I come to give you life and it more abundantly. This word zoe in the Greek means life both physical in the present right now and spiritual life. So Jesus, when he said, I have come to give you life, you can say it like this. He said, I have come to give you life right now. God kind of life. Right now in your present life. And you have the guarantee of eternal salvation if you live for me. Now, let's look at the Renner's interpreted version. Pull that up for me, Dave, if you would. G this is Jesus speaking. Look at what he says here. If you want to know what abundant life is, we're getting ready to find out. He says, I have come that you may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The words that they might have life is from the Greek tense, which means to continually possess. Jesus offers us Zoe life, which suggests that it is filled with vitality. The word abundantly is from the Greek word parousis, which means to be above and beyond what is regular, extraordinary, or even exceedingly. There, this is not just abundance. But when Jesus used this word, it means super abundance. It also pictures a river that in the springtime, how many knows about the Jordan River? That in certain seasons, the Jordan River will go way beyond its banks. It will overflow. That's what, this is the term that Jesus was using. He says, the kind of life that I'm going to offer you, if you will take it, is a life where you have so much abundance, you will literally, your life will overflow its banks. Everywhere you turn, you will have abundance. Now, let me be more specific. You will have abundance financially. You will have abundance in health. You will have abundance in peace and joy. You will you, everywhere you look at in your life, you will see blessing after blessing after blessing. You will see my goodness in every area of your life. Thank you. Fullness. This is the kind of life that Jesus is offering. So it is no surprise to me whatsoever that Satan wants you to think that this life that Jesus is offering you is not for this one. It's for when you get to Beulah land. Which, let me, let's let the elevator go all the way to the top. All right? Think about it. You're trying to witness to a world that does not go by what you say in faith. 
Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? They don't go by something they can't see. You are trying to witness to people who are lost that have to go by what they see, feel, taste, touch, and smell. Right? They live by their five senses. What is a better witness to them? Us waiting to see the goodness of God when we get to heaven are showing people the goodness of God right now. How much more effective are you going to witness for the kingdom if you're showing God's abundant life right now? See, I've come to tell you this morning that you don't have to just live life. You don't have to. Now, I've told you what that is. That's a life full of trouble and sorrow and pain and misery and all these other things that we can describe. That's life. But Jesus didn't die to give you that. Jesus died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. Somebody needs to say amen in here today. This is why he died. So that you could be free. Free from addiction, free from bondage, free from anything that the enemy has tried to trap you in. You can be free and you can be free today. He said, whom the son is set free is free indeed. All right, so watch this. Here's my last argument. If this is not for this life, if I'm not supposed to live blessed, prosperous, healthy, you name it, right? As some people say, then why is it when Jesus was here for three and a half years, why in his ministry, why was he showing all these things in the physical? Jesus was literally going about blessing people financially. I've heard people say that Jesus was broke. That's one of the craziest statements I've ever heard in my life. The crazy, but I'm not even getting into it. He went about helping the poor, blessing them. He went about healing people. Come on. Giving divine health to people. He went about setting people free from emotional scars of the enemy. He was setting people free from demonic bondage. He was doing all these things. So if the kingdom was not about that, all Jesus could have went about doing was saying, hey, one day when you die, I'll give you life. See you later. But that's not what he did. He preached the kingdom and then he demonstrated the kingdom. Notice what he said. And here's the last thing I'm going to say on this. He told the disciples, he gave them a charge when he sent them out to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Notice what he said. And you can read it for yourself. He said, when you go and you heal the sick and you raise the dead and you cast out devils, he said, you let them know that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. We could say it like this. You let them know that abundant life has come to restore what the thief has stolen, has killed, and has destroyed. Somebody needs to say amen in this place. Amen, amen, amen. Steve, come on up and play today. This is what Jesus 
is offering you. Now I'm going to tell you one more time. That if you do not pay attention in your life, if you kind of halfway in, halfway out, the enemy is going to rob you blind. And you'll look around and say, how'd he do it? He does it in the secret, and he does it subtly. There's a song, I believe it's by Casting Crowns, it says, it's called, it's a slow fade. It's, it's not all of a sudden, it's usually a gradual fade. Little by little, you give up your health, you give up your marriage, you give up your finances, you give up your children, you give up your peace, you give up your joy, you give up your rest. Little by little, piece by piece, you give up more and more until one day you wake up and you find out that it's completely gone. It's the little foxes that spoil the den. But here's the good news. It don't have to be that way. Jesus has life abundantly. Super abundance. Somebody say overflow. If you would, stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith at yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.